0: Welcome to episode 53 of I Dream of Cameras, the podcast about cameras and camera collecting brought to you by the gang at the Sunny 16 podcast. My name is Jeff Greenstein. And my name is Gabe Sachs. Welcome to episode
1: 53, Jeff Greenstein.
0: You know, we haven't been in the same city now for two straight shows. It's really,
1: I feel like when you get back to LA, we have to just have breakfast lunch and dinner together a just to cover everything and then we have to go uh discover some camera shops
0: that's what i think yeah because i am once again in new york yes having well we're going to talk about my adventures in a minute but i wonder uh before we dive into those adventures yes i wonder if the number 53 has any special significance i cannot believe you you asked
1: that i can't believe you asked that that's just it's amazing number one number two i need to tell you that i was able to do this math on my own and i believe that 53 years ago was 1970.
0: what do you think do we need to call your brother Uh, i think that's a safe bet (laughs) i think i can even because both numbers in in a three (laughs) i feel confident that uh so yeah the 2020 minus 70 uh, is 50
1: Oh, okay, no, 50 good. is uh, 70 okay <laughs> I, feel, I feel sort of i feel almost sort of. but what i decided to do this episode was to tell you some cameras from 1970 that i've never used and see if you've used them.
0: oh interesting i'm excited okay so
1: here is one okay the Minolta yes. srm
0: that is a variant of the SRT-101 series that's designed for use with a motor drive. Mm-hmm. Is that correct? You are right. Uh, no, haven't used it. I've oh. used the SRT-101, which I loved. Yeah. Okay, that's exciting. But, okay. Okay, so the Minolta SRM. Is that what okay, you just said? The, okay, ready? No, yes. Okay, I don't know
1: how to pronounce this one, so you'll have to help me. The Decora Dignette 300LK. You made that up. I did not make it up. It's a real camera.
0: This is one of those Easter eggs that we plant. And a hundred <laughs> yes. episodes from now, we'll say there has been one camera mentioned in our podcast that's entirely fictitious. If you can I, name it, I
1: it, promise it is not. That's an the, actual camera. But I'm very happy that you have not the
0: used decora, it. like the word decorate. <laughs> De- well, sure. It's D A C O R A. Dakora, yeah, even weirder. Yeah, listeners, he made that up. I, I have never heard of Dakora. It's
1: it was introduced in 1970. It belongs to the long-lasting Dakora Dinette series. Never heard of it.
0: is that like Dinette, like Dinette set? Is it spelled like Dinette? No, D-I-G-N-E-T-T-E. Again, he made this up, guys. It's fine. It's fine. A hundred episodes from now, there will be a prize. Just (laughs) Uh, mark my words. Okay. All right. We do love giving away prizes.
1: Yes. Okay. Uh, What else? Okay. So then we've got the, I'm sending it to you because I know that you don't believe me. Um, Then what we've got is the Rico TLS 401. Ah, I know
0: a bit about this camera. Okay, so this is good. Okay, go on, tell uh, me. This is uh, from the Rico TLS series. There was the Singlex TLS, which I've actually used, which was branded by Sears. Oh, wow. as a Sears camera, it is exactly what you think a Rico camera of the early 70s is. <laughs> it's like a real, like workhorse, unglamorous. Trash table kind of camera that you could probably get for five bucks. I have no idea if those lenses from that era are any good, but I do know that camera
1: and it works. You yeah, know, and it works. Someone's starting out, why not? Um, yeah. and then he, the uh Virgin Addicts yes. 2MTL that's a great machine. I have and not it, used it 1970, 1970, but I have
0: heard that uh, virgins are delightful.
1: <laughs> uh, I guess you have.
0: Yes. <laughs> I've heard it. It's They're very flexible. Yes. I really am not even going to go into it. No, I'm not no, going it, it, anywhere into We're talking about a
1: camera, people.
0: Uh, yes. Um, um, yes. I have heard good things about that camera, yes. Never oh, used it.
1: Uh, and that's, you know, look, the Yashica Mat 124G came out in Wonderful.
0: 1970, which I love. Wonderful. And, that that. and of course, that featured in the movie RRR yes. as a camera from 1920. Oh, yes. yes, of course. Even though it is actually
1: from 1970. So, did not Did not at all put a dent in that movie. Yes, no, not at all. Best movie of the year. Uh, Olympus 35 RC. That's my last one. Gabe Sachs. I know. I never used it. You
0: know the extraordinary love that I have for the 35 RC. You know that was the first camera I ever selected for myself. I bought it with $85 in babysitting money. (laughs) Okay. Also, I'm like eight. I don't know what I was doing babysitting when I right, was eight. Right. Who left their children in the charge of an eight-year-old? I don't must understand. must have been a
1: very mature and responsible Clearly. That's all I
0: could say. And, and gigantic. I probably yeah. claimed I was 15. Right. Of course. The 35RC is one of the finest rangefinder cameras ever made. And unfortunately, people are realizing this. Oh, boy. It is not much larger than a Roli 35. Right. Uh, it's a full-frame shutter priority automatic with a shutter speed dial on top. It has a beautiful 42 millimeter F2.8 lens. You see how I just reel this stuff off? I'm impressed. Reel it off. Um, I love this camera. To me, there's the RC, the RD. There's a lot of these sort of Olympus rangefinder cameras of the era, but the RC reigns supreme. It's got manual override. It's got a very, very nice reliable meter. Very, very nice rangefinder patch, which is yellow. It will almost fit in the pocket of your winter coat. It is a small- And how about that lens? That 40 millimeter? Beautiful. That is a Suico. And my love affair with 40s originated with the Olympus 35 RC. Wow, what a camera. That's exciting. What a camera. What a good thing. That was a nice year, 1970.
1: 1970 was a very good year. But you know, before we go on, can we please speak about your amazing travels? You Over know, guys, I I, I don't know how
0: this happened, but, you know, when we did our last episode, I was na- just back from Paris. Yes. Right. And we talked a lot about that adventure. Well, guys, I went to London. I just got back from so London. So good. And should should I mention why I did this? The crazy well, idea? For, crazy well, reason why a, a for this.
1: the show. But yes, for B,
0: the real reason is. <laughs> Okay, so obviously for the show, but my friend Kathy Rogers was keyboardist and backing vocalist in a beloved British indie band called Heavenly, who recorded for Sarah Records in the 1990s. And Heavenly dissolved 28 years ago. And I got to know Kathy when she was a TV presenter, creator, and co-host of a show called scrap heap challenge in the uk junkyard wars in the us she and i became friends i knew she had been a musician but i'd never seen her band i never thought i would see heavenly heavenly announced a series of reunion shows this past weekend and it was a once in a lifetime event and so i impulsively cashed in some miles and even though i was just back from europe flew to europe to see the show and in the back of my mind was also the idea What will it be like to cover a concert with the X-Pan? So we'll get to that in a minute. But yes, I spent a whirlwind weekend in London. So good.
1: Such Uh, a great
0: trip. Yeah, it was amazing. And well, the I Dream of Cameras tilt on this is I went to the shows Uh, I photographed the shows with the X-Pan using uh, all the ISO 3200 films I could put my hands on. Uh, I used Ilford and Kodak 3200. Plus, I shot some HP5, get ready, Gabe, pushed to 1600. I'm shocked that you just said that. You should be shocked. I've never pushed film before.
1: Very exciting.
0: Very exciting. Also, I toted around all this stuff in a Peak Design bag, the 5L, which was a birthday gift from Mr. Gabe Sachs. This is two trips in a row with a camera bag, listeners. (laughs) I knew it. I knew I'd convert him one day, people. Yeah. So I, I have taken the film into what is now sort of my local lab, Picture House and the Small Dark Room in Chelsea in New York City. I am waiting for the scans. I'll let you guys know how I did. But it was really fun, by the way. Concert photography—we've never talked about this. No, have you done concert photography? Yes, I have. I have done it from friends. So I did
1: uh, when Judd did that backyard concert. Oh I, yeah, I was the only photographer allowed to shoot, and it was the Who and you know Foo <gasps> Fighters and Pink, Wow, and that was very that was very exciting. But the one where I did where it was sort of they tr- sort of treated me like one of the photographers was at one of Fred Corey's shows one of his last, you know, Cinderella concerts, I was able to go in the pit with the other photographers and you're really only allowed to shoot the first three songs and then that's it. But that's what the access is. I was, you know, lucky to uh, know Fred. And so they let me stay the entire time, but boy, is that a skill? And it is it, not for the lighthearted and it's not for someone with a Leica like me, which was yeah. very difficult, but so fun. How did you meter? Like what it did was It was it was a do? tough one. I did the same thing. I think I pushed, I think I shot thirty two hundred. I think I did all those things just in case. Yeah. And, you know, just depended when that light was on for like when they were um speaking to the audience or something like that. I think that's when I metered. Yeah. And I just guesstimated. I mean, it just, it you know, I love
0: the stuff, but it's very hard. Uh, here's what I did. I was not uh, close to the stage and I really did not want to cover the show. I wanted right. to experience the show. Right. So I did not like elbow my way forward and try and get to the <laughs> stage and get all these action shots of the participants. There was a photographer there, by the way, a very Talented photographer named Allison Withers, whose Mm -hmm. Instagram handle is Allison Wonderland. Love it. Pretty great. So if you go to her Instagram, you can see some shots of the show. I thought, I am not staff photographer for this. I'm just going to take some wide shots of the band. Because that was the thinking with the X-Band, is I can get all five band members and some sense of the environment in the same frame, which seemed interesting to me. Yes. So, but of course... At the distance I was, I was probably 20 or 30 people back from the stage so right. I could get the whole stage into the frame. You can't count on your meter at all. No. Because it'll obviously, you'll be drastically overexposing if you listen to your meter. So I set it for either 1 30th or 1 15th. I experimented a couple of oh, times. Oh, wow. With- okay. Okay. Just because I thought it might be neat to see a little bit of blur, like in the guitarist, as you know, his hand was in motion and stuff. So I shot at both 115th, 130th, and 160th, and apertures ranging from I didn't want to be wide open because I wanted a tiny bit of depth of field. Right. So I was shooting at like F4 or F between F four and F5.6, never, never past 5.6. I have no idea what I'm gonna get. Wow. But uh I did not look up articles giving tips on concert photography. I just guessed. Um, So we'll see how I did. It's going to be really, really interesting. Um, But uh, I did not let my enjoyment of the show be mitigated by my obligation to cover the show. So anyway. I love that. Yeah. But then this incredibly fortuitous and crazy thing happened. Uh, I messaged all of the Sunny 16ers who, uh, this probably has to do with my personality. They were too busy to see me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Graham and Aid and Rachel were too busy. That's fine. I understand. I know what my personality is like. You, a lot, a lot of people in my life are too busy. Um, so I went solo, but Graham did point out to me that Photographica 2023, the largest camera show in the UK, was happening on the Sunday. <gasps>
1: I am so, let me tell you how jealous I was when I, when you started sending me pictures, I was going, I got all these heart palpitations over the Pasadena camera show. And I just, it just made me think about how much I miss camera shows.
0: Gabe, this show was astonishing. Now I definitely got Pasadena camera show flashbacks going to this, but this wasn't just Pasadena camera show level sellers yeah this was like a notch up from there every yeah. prestige seller in the uk had a booth at this thing oh my and gosh. the stuff that i i saw well i'll talk about the like the the big fish that i saw but i also i got recognized oh by a goodness. listener named richard and then like a guy came up to me and said are you jeff from my dream of cameras which was pretty hilarious and yeah. then i also met jimmy hickford Yes. Okay. A, a listener. He came up to me. And then as I moved through the tables, I realized Steven from Photo had a booth. So I talked to Steven. Steve from Chroma Camera had a booth. So I talked to Steve. I got to see the cube pan in action. So cool. So a lot of our friends from the community were at this show, which was pretty damn cool. Oh, so I was drooling.
1: I mean, I yeah. just was so excited when you started just sending me. Just the vibe
0: and just seeing that all those, you know, tables and... uh, It was very similar in vibe to the Pasadena show, but a much bigger room. This was in a hall at the Royal Horticultural Society. (laughs) Of course. And so an enormous, like, Twonset hut kind of domed room. And table after table after table, so much amazing stuff. But I want to tell you about two cameras in particular (laughs) that I saw. And then I'll tell you about one that I bought. Oh, yes. Uh, I saw an Alpa 9F. I've never even heard of an Alpa 9-F. What is that? Now, the 9 is the series before the 10 and 11, which are quite similar. Um, It's kind of asymmetrical and odd-looking. The 9-F is, I believe, a meterless variation of the 9 series. I believe only something like 85 of them were made. Unbelievable. I took a hard, hard look at this thing. It was not that expensive. I mean, as Alpas go. It was probably $1,200. Oh, wow. That's for way Alpa, less than I would have thought. With yeah. the lens, man. Right. With the lens, which is the... It was the uh, 1.8 version of the Kern Macro-Squittos. Macro the Kern macro Switar, which is not right. quite as great as the 1.9. but still an excellent lens. I hovered over it, but I did not get it.
1: Let me do a sidebar just for right yes, now. Yes, okay? go right ahead. So... Since you've bought two X pans, oh geez, do you sometimes go up to tables and go, "Oh my God, that's only eight hundred dollars"?
0: Like in your head, you know, your head is sort of it's yes. changing your thinking about it. Has it's? I'm glad you mentioned that. It has altered, ultimately, utterly, utterly. I can't talk. These would all have been edited <laughs> out, but we don't edit shows anymore. Well, we don't. It know. has utterly changed it in a bad way because right. the truth is, I used to think three hundred and fifty dollars for a camera yeah. was a lot. Right. Now that I've bought two X Pans in a row, anything like below a thousand feels cheap to me, which is right. wrong. Right. That's wrong. Could you remind um, people what you paid for your first car? Uh, $1,800. Okay. I just clarify that. that. Thank, Thank you. I, yeah. My Volvo 122S cost $1,800. Okay, so I used to say, like, oh my God, that's more than my car. Right. Um, but now I am so broken by having two X Pans, one of which, by the way, our trusty camera repair guy in Garden Grove thinks he can fix it. This is breaking news, by the way. I'm very excited. He thinks he can fix it. He said it was motor lubrication problems, and he's working on it. We'll Great. see you guys. Watch this space. But anyway, yes, when I saw a 999-pound camera, right? okay, so $1,200, $1,300, I thought, oh, that's cheap. So crazy. Yes. I also saw another X-Pan 2 okay right. <laughs> you know what i think gabe uh this reinforced my opinion the two yes. is not as good
1: yeah but that? were you almost like oh my gosh maybe a third
0: yeah i did one in new york it, one in la was, they did not want to separate it from the lens and it was eight thousand dollars that's crazy that's not too doing much. that too much all right but but let me get to the punch line oh this it's a punchline. Show.
1: yes let's hear
0: So I'm browsing, and I'm seeing a lot of nice cameras, guys, a lot of nice cameras. One other thing I want to mention before I get to this punchline, the books. You know how I love books and cameras. I would
1: have gone bananas.
0: You would have gone bananas, and I just had a small carry-on bag, so I just had to tear myself away. I saw books published in France, published in Japan, published in Germany, published in Austria, published in Poland about makes of cameras books on but things I have never seen before. And I collect a lot of books on cameras, guys. I had to tear myself away. There were so many amazing books. So amazing. But, okay, so I'm getting ready to go, all right? And I have purchased the camera I'll talk about in a minute, which was not expensive. I look at a table and I do a triple take because <laughs> there on the table is... <laughs> an Ilford witness. Now, some of you may have heard an episode of Matt Loves Cameras that we did a while yeah. back where we were given an, an unlimited budget to spend. Like, what is your white whale camera? What would you spend if you had a million dollars to spend on photo equipment? And I said that this was the camera, yeah. the camera, yeah, like above all others that I really, 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 really wanted. Typically, this is a museum piece, okay? This was Ilford's attempt to compete with the Contax and the Leica M3 and so forth it is a high end extremely high quality rangefinder camera with a Dahlmeyer lens which apparently is a great lens it handles beautifully the only 350 of them were made it that is blows highly blind yeah 350. Like yeah. it never got off the launch pad. It was supposed to be their version of, like I said, like a three. So it was going to be a system camera, right? But they just abruptly pulled the plug on it. So there are very, very few out there. And I have only seen pictures of this camera in museums, none in private collections. Here is one on the table. Oh boy. Uh, 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 uh. I stammered. I stuttered. I talked to the gentleman who was selling it. whose name was Simon. He said he had had it for about six months. He had bought it from an estate sale or something. Uh, I handled it. He allowed me to play with it and fired the shutter. It was absolutely beautiful. He said the shutter speeds were a little draggy on the low ends. Am I over egging the pudding? No, no. Would you like to know what this thing cost?
1: uh yeah well definitely i want to know what that can cost if there's only
0: 350 made yeah yeah now listen i have an alpa surgical 81 okay uh only a 100 and something of those were made 150 of those were made that camera was a couple of hundred dollars so rarity and desirability as we know are not necessarily the same thing he had a same guy had a zeus camera which is a very early 35 millimeter which he said he had only seen one of these in his entire time working as a camera dealer but he was selling it for like 50 pounds because he said nobody knows about it and nobody wants it so rarity does not equal desirability does not equal expense in this case rarity desirability and expense are all aligned they are high wow this camera he was asking eight thousand eight hundred pounds let me do the quick conversion for you guys. Well, let me that, I
1: I'm I'm good at math. Okay. So it's 8 carry the 1 plus 4. I
0: have no idea. $11,000. Wow. Wow. Gabe, do you own any cameras that are five digits in value? Uh,
1: unfortunately, I just found out I have one. What is that? Is that the Black M2? Yeah, the uh Black M4.
0: Black M4 is worth five digits. Wow. Well,
1: this was not, uh, this is a, um, this is a new thing I discovered when I went back to B&H. Because (sighs) you remember, I got it for a a lot less. Yes. And so I was in shock when they said, we'll buy that back for you right now for, you know. Yeah, it's crazy.
0: (sighs) Well, I lingered and I lingered and I took the gentleman's number. But no, I did not buy that. And I'll never see one ever again. Wow. I just can't do it. I just spent thousands of dollars on a second X-Pan. And in spite of the fact that I'm so shell-shocked that $1,000 seems like a reasonable price for a camera these days, which is insane. It's not. Right. $11,000. So Now,
1: wait. Does the person... You have to tell me this because you know this camera way better than I do. Does the person who buys that camera use it or Probably is it not. not
0: that kind of thing? That's I think that's part of what my hesitation was. And right. I would love to hear from listeners about this. Like, you know, that would be a museum piece. I would never take that camera out in the rain. I might shoot portraits of friends around my house. But am I sticking that in the carrier bag of my Brompton and riding along the LA River bike path? No, I am not. Mm-hmm. I was a fool to do that with an X-Pan. So this is something that would stay at home and sit on the shelf and gleam and be lovely, but it would not be a practical shooter to take out in the world. And I think that's ultimately why I went by it, because like, I like to shoot all my cameras. And if I don't shoot them, I get rid of them. And this is one that I would not be shooting. How do you feel about that? Did I make the right decision?
1: I I think you made the right decision. I think it would be a camera. It feels like the point of that kind of camera with all the, you know, this brief times I've looked it up is how long it took to make, first of all. Yeah. You know, and the craftsmanship. And also would be, for me, would be to shoot it and to sort of get that out of it. But I
0: don't know. That's a tough one. I just, I mean, like I said, I took the guy's number and if this continues to haunt me, I'll call him. But... God, eleven thousand. It's just way, way. That's that's a house. You could probably buy a house. What if you asked
1: him to to just push it off a table, and if it has a little dent, could he do better?
0: Yeah. I mean, I said to him, I floated a price. I tried to haggle, and he's like, "Man, I can't do it." He said, "This is what the cameras work," and he's right. Yeah. I mean, the rare occasions when i have seen this thing for sale it actually goes for north of that i believe i saw on it for a long long time he may be but he'll find somebody who you know is a collector who will buy that thing right um and i guess it's weird we said podcast about cameras and camera collecting but i don't know if i'm a collector in that way and so i would like to hear from people out in listener land you know yeah. Scale scale it appropriately for you. But like, would you have done that? Did I make a mistake? You did uh, make a mistake. I'm uh, telling you that. By the way, um, uh, we're going to talk in a minute. Well, yeah, let's do it now. You remember how in the last episode I mentioned that my white whale camera, one of my other white whales was for sale on eBay and I was watching it carefully. Do you remember this? Yep. And I challenged the listeners to see if they could guess what it was. Do you remember this? Yes. And well, can I tell you? Nobody guessed. Not one person? Nobody even tried. Oh my goodness. Again, What's happening? That may be the same thing as friends who are too busy to see <laughs> to see me. Maybe that's the same pe- thing same People did not want to engage, but um it was an Alpha 10 S and I did not get it. A 10 S, right. for those of you scoring at home, is a half frame version of the Alpha 10. Right. There are very, very few of them. Interestingly, there are two on eBay right now. Wow. After this one disappeared and was a very, very reasonable price, two more cropped up from a seller in Japan, the same seller, who was incapable of answering the, even the simplest questions about these cameras. So I don't think I'm going to jump on them. But listeners, if you do, please let me know. Wow. But I didn't. Get it. Okay, I'm going to round out this discussion of the camera show by telling you what I did get. Yes. I was looking for a gift for a friend's son. Mm -hmm. Uh, A son who is about my son's age, in his mid-20s, is interested in vintage cameras, film photography. Uh, He has a Kodak metalist, which he likes quite a lot. So this is a guy who knows what's what. And I was trying to think of an interesting camera to get for him that would not be too, too expensive, that would be easy to bring home in my tiny carry-on bag uh, and, uh, and would be... Like quirky and idiosyncratic enough that he would enjoy it. Also, I should point out, this young man likes things with a story. Right. Like not, listen, getting him a Minolta SRT would probably not, I don't think he would find that enchanting. I, I look, I love the story too. I think it's great when you always talk about a camera and then you go, and here's the background of it. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. So I wanted to get him a camera where if I, and I haven't given to him yet. It's That's happening in the next day or two. Uh, I wanted to give him a camera where when I gave it to him, I would say, here's the story of this camera. And it's interesting. It's an interesting and historically significant camera. What would you choose if you wanted to do that? You have, Let's say you have $100 to spend. What would you get for a friend? And say you have the camera show of your dreams. So you can pick out anything. What would you get? How about that? That's a challenge, listeners. What would you do? For $100? For $100, yeah. You don't want to spend
1: too much. I would look for a small compact sharp lens something is that bad <laughs> no you're 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 exactly in alignment a with me. small camera but about a hundred dollars i they're all going up so i would have a i would have a tough but either uh a minolta olympus
0: somewhere in that world i think or yeah okay yeah you just you're right in the strike zone Here's what I got him. What'd you get him? I got him a Roleye 35B. Perfect. That is perfect. That's great. Now, for those of you, we've talked about the Roleye 35 series on this podcast before. That is the, um, at the time, it was the smallest full frame compact 35 millimeter, okay? It shot full frame. And this thing is, if you took two standard decks of cards and stacked them one on top of the other, that is the size of a Rolli 35. They are beautiful. They have amazing lenses. Some more amazing than others. Some of them have Tessars. Some of them have Sonars. Some of them have Triatars. I have a Rolli 35 SE at home, which I love. I love it so much. I got rid of my Petri Color 35 which is its nearest competitor. Oh my goodness. It has a collapsible lens. So it really does fit in the pocket of your jeans. They're great cameras. They tend to dent. So finding one without dents is challenging. <laughs> Some people really go for more collectible versions like the SE, like the TE, like the 35 Classic. Some people like the original Rolleiflex 35 because the queen, the late queen owned one. The budget camera in the series is the 35B, also known as the B35. Right. It has a very basic meter, a selenium meter on top, and then you transfer the meter settings to the lens. So it's, n- it's an uncoupled exposure meter, but it needs no batteries. And it has their budget lens, the triatar, which some people think is a pretty ordinary lens. But what an elegant little machine, and it was $100. Wow. So that's, that's what I got. That's a great gift. I think he's, and I got him a roll of photo film from <laughs> Stephen Dowling since that's I was great. there. That's so great. that's going to be the birthday gift. That's a great gift. Listeners. What would you do? $100, a neat gift gift for a young man who wants a camera with a story like the story I just told. This okay. Like it's an interesting machine. We would love to hear from you guys. Final thing on the London trip. And yes. then I want to hear all about you, man. Yep. Final thing on the London trip. I talked about my travel travails yeah. at Charles de Gaulle. Okay? wee. Oui, oui. uh, at Charles de Gaulle, as I said, there were some challenges with the film. At Heathrow, there were different challenges. They refused to hand check any film with a speed 400 or below. Oh, they boy. abjectly refused. And they became very impatient with the fact that I had 11 rolls of film with me. So they said, we will hand check the 3,200 speed films, of which I had four rolls, but that's it. My Really, a drag. Yeah. Like, I worry about film getting fogged. And this might have been, I couldn't tell because it did not have the scan name on it. I couldn't tell if this was a standard X-ray machine or if it was one of the terrible MRI machines. It's going to ruin the other, like, six rolls that I've got. I don't know what's going to happen. But traveling with film is hard yeah. and I don't know how you get around it. You know, it discourages so, me sometimes when
1: I go to New York, you know, if I'm going to New York for a longer trip, I will not bring film. I will get film at b and I will go shoot yeah. it and then bring it to a lab there. And that's yeah. it because it's just yeah. a
0: pain in the butt. Yeah. But I didn't feel I had that option in London. I didn't have a lab. And of course getting the film back, you know, just complicated. But uh, yeah, it's a drag. It's yeah. a drag. And it—you it, know I understand why people sort of throw up their hands and decide they're going to travel with a digital camera instead. So we'll see. Guys, stay tuned. We'll see if my 3200 came through okay and if the 400 stuff got fogged. I'll let you all know. That right. concludes my recap of London. What? I'm moving between New York and Los Angeles for a while, so there won't be one of these for a little bit.
1: That's pretty exciting. I mean, I'm telling you. I, yeah. But I'll tell you that the camera show may i just oh yeah i keep it just brings up like why is there we're in los angeles you know we're in los angeles yes, we should I know. Be, we should have a giant camera show every month we have so many photographers here
0: it's it's yeah. crazy we have yeah. to figure this out Oh, we have to figure it out and i again i want to throw this to listeners do any of you live in cities that have regular camera shows like we used to have in pasadena which Please was like every we'll month. we'll fly there we'll fly there Yep. Okay, Gabe, take you have the con, as they say uh, in Star (laughs) Trek. Tell me about your adventures in the last two weeks. What have you been up to? Oh, my gosh. I'll tell you.
1: Um, You know, I did, as I told you, about the uh, late-night shopping on eBay, which has become a thing, and I just have to stop myself. Um, And then, you know, my friend Victoria, who's a – Great photographer, and also you can find her at Frame and Grain on Instagram. Yes, uh, we're always talking about these smaller cameras, and she got me in a frenzy on this Konica Auto S 1.6. That is a nice okay? machine, which we mentioned the yes. last time, but it's yes. it, I didn't get it yet. Oh, and you haven't secured I, one I, yet? I, I hadn't gotten it at the point last right. episode. And, okay, and so she, you know, sent me pictures she took of these cars and i went this is amazing and that's the recap but i finally got it from japan so excited uh yeah and i and i took it out and absolutely nothing worked oh god (laughs) the uh the rangefinder didn't work the rewind didn't work the the shutter didn't work and the guy was so nice he he got the camera from someone else and was told all these things instead of actually knowing if it worked or not so uh he just he immediately gave me a refund i mean within hours he couldn't believe it and he mostly sells other things but so that was a great experience it's i'm not sure it's something i'd get fixed because there's so many things and you can just get for the same price of fixing it you can just get another one so yeah uh, that was that and then i had an amazing visit with dave yeah Tana. i want to hear about this so, yeah dave Uh, was doing a shoot in Malibu and he's at analog pics by the way on Instagram and he came over and we hung out and had uh, pizza and just geeked out on cameras for a couple hours which was a lot of fun and he really he does sort of similar stuff to me so he does portraits and amazing stuff and so we're always talking about lenses and cameras and what's the what's the things he's trying. And then we had a really interesting talk about, you know, great lenses for work as opposed to character lenses that you'd lose for maybe an art project or something personal and stuff like that and cleaner lenses. And we started talking because I just ordered another lens from Japan because I wanted yeah. something better for my old, old Leica 3 screw mount. So I ordered... Uh, you know, which you have this, uh the uh Canon 50 millimeter yeah, 1.4 love LTM. And I'm excited to get that I haven't gotten that yet. And then we were talking about a clean lens for sort of a more modern camera like my R5. And he had this beautiful Sigma 50 millimeter 1.4 art lens, which I have the 35 millimeter version, and it's spectacular. And I was just going back and forth between the 50 and the you know, the 50 Canon and on and on. And I saw the pictures that he took on this lens and it was just spectacular. So, of course, I had to have one immediately because I have no patience at all. So, I'm going on, you know, you know, Craigslist. I'm going on, you know, eBay. I'm going on Offer Up. I'm going on everything. And I find one on, on Facebook Marketplace. Unreal. That's like... For very little money, but brand new. Someone didn't use it. Anyway, it's in Ventura. So I decide, wow, you know what? I've wanted to go visit Dexter's camera, which Never is in... Never heard of this place. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. It's fantastic in Ventura. So I'm going to make a trip. So I, so I go up there, and I meet this lovely photographer, Tana Hayes, who has Tana Hayes photography up in Ventura, and she's awesome. And the, she was, the lens was just as described. It was, you know, pretty much mint condition. It had everything. It had the box. It had the papers and on and on. And talked to her about photography. So that was, you know, very fun. And so she's up there at Tana Hayes. And yeah. uh, I felt like I met a new friend in as a photographer. So that nice. I love. And then I go over to Dexter's camera. And it's so great. It's just a warm... You walk in there... And you've seen it on the post, I'm sure, that's on iDream of Cameras and also on my story. It's covered in cameras. It's got like a wall of vintage cameras. Some are for sale, some are not. Some are working, some are not. But it's that place that you just feel it gets very laid back and and you just feel like, oh, this is a great place to go and ask questions. Uh, They process film. That's mostly what they're doing. They do services and also there's an area of cameras that they say are broken and you can just g- pick one up and buy it and, and get it fixed if you want or on and on. But there's yeah. a whole section of cool stuff that, oh my that's fun to try, but I would really recommend at least checking out Dexter's camera. It's really just a fun place to go visit when you're up there and there's tons of food places nearby. And, uh, it's, it was a really fun experience.
0: Wow. Uh, what was the most, like, exotic thing you saw at Dexter's camera? Anything really weird or offbeat or Well, exciting? the funny thing is the
1: offbeat thing that I wanted there yeah. was the um, the uh, Kiev 60. Oh,
0: Russian things. Not yes, interested. Russian Why did things. you want – what is that? Because is that a
1: 6x6? Yeah, so there's this um, – let me make sure I've got that, but uh, – Yes. And it has a, uh, yeah, the Kiev 60 and it has this Volna lens, this Volna oh. 80 millimeter, which is supposed to be, you know, this is all comparable to the Pentagon six. Yes. Um, and it was really, really cool, but they took it down. It was broken there. They uh, okay. may get it fixed, but it was working a little bit and on, no But that was it. They had a bunch of things. They had a couple of things that were interesting. It it was really, uh, it was just a great place. So it was really fun to go up there and see that. And there's a bunch of vintage stores up there too. So I love
0: that. We have got to make a pilgrimage to a camera shop together when we're in the same city. I mean, this is crazy. Whenever you get back here. uh, Well, I'm going to be back next week. And so we'll figure this out. Let's do it. Yeah. But then. Well, just a preview of coming attractions, listeners. There's a very good chance that in uh, the back half of June, I am going to be in Eastern Europe for the what show. A always adventure. add that for the, for, the so always for the show. For the show, always for the show, always for the show. Only do this for the show, guys. Uh, yeah, because look, this podcast at this point is like a license to print money. I mean, the cash that uh, uh, is pouring in. Pouring we just, in. It, pouring in. And so, like, well, what are we going to do with all this? So we go on trips together. And then when
1: we're when we're divvying up the profits, that's how we did. Okay, so Jeff needs another X-Pan. He can take exactly he could take this week's, you know, cash cow. Yeah,
0: exactly. So, you know, that's what it is when you have a smash hit podcast. Yes. Uh, Speaking of which, uh, I want to hear more about your adventures, but there's one other thing I want to jam in here. Yes. Uh, Did you know I bought two cameras a couple of days ago? Wait, what? (laughs) Wait. (laughs) A couple of days ago, you bought two cameras. <laughs> I, okay, this is really dumb, guys, but I believe I mentioned in a previous episode of this podcast, perhaps even the last episode of this podcast, my ongoing fascination with the Mamiya C Core DTL series. Do you recall this conversation? Yes, I do. I have always been confused by the fact that Mamiya. is is such a prestige brand. Mamiya Glass is so highly prized. The 645, the Mamiya 7, these are like super, super collectible. People wildly overpay for these things. But then there are Mamiya's 35 millimeter SLRs, the Mamiya C-Core 500TL, 500DTL, 1000DTL, the MSX, all of these things. Nobody wants them. Trash table cameras. The 500 and 1000DTL, if I'm not mistaken, had a spot meter, very rare on a right. 35 millimeter SLR. Still, these are trash table cameras. Nobody wants them. Even on eBay right now, you can get a system. Right. Mamiya series. These are Pentax screw mount, by the way, which means you have access to the glorious universe of Pentax screw mount lenses. People still don't want these things. Right. So, but I've always had a fascination because they have a beautiful lowercase logo and very clean, Spotmatic-like lines. I only recently discovered that there is a 2000 DTL that only came in black and has a top shutter speed of one two thousandth of a second. Wow. There were two of these on eBay. One for $950. No, not doing that. The other, which said, isn't working, was $150. You're kidding. And it was missing a battery cover. So you know what I did? I bought it. And I, I bought a blackbody 1000 DTL, even which works even if I'm all I'm going to do is harvest the battery cover oh from it. Goodness. It was like it was like 30 bucks. That's nobody amazing. with a lens. Nobody wants these things. And so stay tuned listeners. I'm going to see if... Our camera repair guy in Garden Grove after he saves the X-Pan will take a look at this 2000 DTL, maybe harvest some parts from the 1000 and get me a functioning 2000 DTL because it is black. The paint is worn in a delightful fashion and it interests me. Well, let me ask you
1: this. okay? yes. So if you could have any brilliant lens
0: for that camera, what would it be? Well, listen, I already have that amazing Pentax screw mount lens, that macro that, that, you know, that right now I think is mounted on, and it's mounted on the Alpha Surgical with an adapter, Right. but that is a wonderful lens with an incredible, ma- you know, macro capability. There. Listen, even the standard 50 millimeter 1.4 super multi-coated Takamar would be an amazing lens on that camera, but I am more interested in seeing what these C-cord lenses are like. Interesting. Like, What are these Mamiya lenses like and why do people ignore them? Wow. So, listen, this is what we do for you people. And okay? that was,
1: did you feel that that was a good
0: deal when you bought it? Well, 150, I mean, for a non-working camera, I mean... Listen, it's it's an experiment. No, it it's an work. experiment. I Worst case, work. I can prob Yeah, I have a feeling that miracle camera repair guy these look like very simple cameras to work on. I've yeah. read up on this. I don't think people invest a lot of money in repairing them because they are not highly prized. But a 2000 DTL is a rare bird yeah. indeed. And so I would be extremely curious about a camera like that and Am I ever going to use one two thousandth of a second? I have a Canon Flex that <laughs> uses that. I never use it, but if right. I I love that it exists. So that's exciting. That's I'm excited to see up. What happens? Yeah. The next Stay tuned. Yes. <laughs> Gabe, anything else you care to report before we dive into the prodigious mailbag? Well, I have
1: to say that I um I got a little excited over some uh, photographers I that I wasn't as familiar with and one is a French photographer. I've seen her stuff, but I just didn't sort of do a deep dive, which I love to do on photographers. And, uh, she's a French photographer, Dominique Easterman and amazing, amazing stuff. And I think she's taken one of my favorite portraits ever. Wow. And, uh, I'm just fascinated with her process. Most of her interviews are in French, so I have to sort of cobble my way through, but, um, She's really amazing. Did a ton of stuff for Vogue and all the fashion magazines and Wow, you know,
0: how so. did you come across her stuff?
1: You know, I was in um, I was in a shop in Malibu and I was looking through the Vogue Paris 100 year anniversary book, yeah. which is a great book. And I came across this portrait that just sort of was shocking to me. Like I just couldn't, wow. it was on it was beautiful. And I looked up the photographer, then went through a lot of stuff, and she's, you know, world famous and amazing. So that's usually what happens. And then I'll
0: start going down the rabbit hole of what Fascinating. she loved and all cool. that. So it's great.
1: There you go. That's nice. it.
0: All right, cool. All right. Well, guys, we promised we'd do this. We'll see how far we get. We got about eh, 15 minutes left in our show. We are going to take a dive into the prodigious. <laughs> mailbag. So, it's been a while, gang. Uh we haven't done this in a little bit. We uh always appreciate hearing from you guys. As you know, the email address, iDreamofCameras@gmail.com. Let's dive in. Yes. This is from a month ago. Wait, he's got to bring it up. Why is my email not cooperating? <laughs> this is hilarious. Live right in Live front of TV me. ladies and gentlemen. Here okay, go. this is from a month ago. This is a long story which I'm going to abridge, but this is from our friend Jerry and Dedo, Dedo Arts, with an incredible found film story. Okay? How about that? Right. Do you remember Jerry shared a found film story with me? Uh, uh, Do you remember Jerry shared a found film story with us? (laughs) She has another amazing one. So the gist of it is, I'm going to abridge this. She wrote a beautiful email uh, explaining all this. Boy, I sure hope I'm right that Jerry is a she. I'm pretty sure that she is. Okay, well, (laughs) let's take the ride. I'll sure find out. Anyway, she was at an antique mall in Snohomish, Washington, okay, and found a brownie reflex synchro model. Oh, wow. Remember this machine? No. It was manufactured between 1940 and 52, and inside was a roll of verichrome pan 127 film, which was made between 56 and 95. So she knows the images are from 1956 or later. She was able to adjust the reel for her Patterson tank to take 127 film and developed it at home. She said, the role contains 10 good images. Most appear to be at an aquarium. One is of a woman with a late sixties, early seventies hair next to a mounted police officer. And then the last two are of a VW beetle in the snow. So she did some like Murder, She Wrote style, like, uh, you know, parsing of the image love it, and searched license plates to try and figure out like where these, you know, where this car was registered. She figured out that it was registered in King County, Washington. There was a sign in the background saying Canada's finest cigarettes. So she found out that the aquarium, was Vancouver Aquarium in Stanley Park, which opened in 56. Like she did this amazing detective work. Okay. So anyway, the upshot is having done this incredible amount of detective work, she has been able to ascertain that this role was shot between May 1971 and 74. Isn't that amazing? That's incredible. She was even able to find out the name of of the orca whale in the aquarium. (laughs) Which whose name is Skana, unbelievable. Anyway, she sent along the found photos, okay? And she did a remarkable job of getting decent shots out of this thing. Really incredible. It just tells you once again, look at that picture of an orca with a ball balanced on its nose. Unbelievable detective work. Great, great story. Wow. The woman with with the gigantic hair with the mounty behind her. Absolutely amazing. These are really cool. She also pointed out that in the background of one of these shots of uh, the whale is a photographer with four cameras. It's I mean, it's amazing. Anyway, this was an incredible email. Jerry Andetto, Deto Arts on Instagram. Thank you for sharing that incredible story with us. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Guys, we love your found film stories. Please share them. We like them. Next up, Heath Dewey. Now, Gabe, you may recall that when you were doing your usual segment about cameras uh, of the past, you mentioned that the OM-1 was released in 1972. No, I didn't. But you also mentioned that the Olympus OM-1 was released in 1973. It was a really, really slow release. So it went over both years it was yes they were in labor with the camera for a very long time well here's what heath dewey said thank you heath he said thrilled to see the new episode up just a note on the release of the om1 i think there's room for both 72 and 73 to be right wow if i'm not mistaken the m1 was announced at photokina in 72 and released that same year but due to pressure from Leica, the name change was affected and the om1 was a officially released in 73 so either way you're still kind of right well what do you think of that how about (laughs) that he also followed up with a ps saying tell chris Chu to liberate the mailbag Oh, (laughs) so good sorry man that's it it's lost in the midst of history anyway thanks for writing heath next up bruce horn recommended a bunch of stuff in paris which i really appreciate i did some of the things he said i'm going to skip over that he said Gabe, I love that you were using the Graflex. Ah. I have often thought it would be a perfect portrait camera. One of these days, I might get another one. His 4x5 SLR that he had years ago had a major problem with the shutter. He never could figure out. Have you shot with that Graflex?
1: Yeah, I love it. Oh, wait, which one? I The Super D, yes. The one that's got the roll film back, yes. Yeah. The um, Are you
0: shooting with it? The one you showed off in our 50th episode. Yes, you shot with
1: yes, that? yes. I love it. I love it. My issue is this. I still have to... F- uh, there's actually someone who can help me with this, but the viewfinder, I just need to cut off that. You know, I keep cutting people's heads off, so ah, I just need okay. to just figure out the actual
0: frame and I'll be in good shape, but I love it. I really love that All camera. Right. Wow. That's use. so cool to hear. Really fun. Uh, Bruce also said it is totally okay that I got a second X-Pan. He said it is very clear from looking at your photos that, uh, with it and hearing you talk about it, you have really... He found a camera that clicks with you. I think anything you could do to ensure that you always have one you can use is a good thing. Thanks for the validation, boost. That's right. He said, however, I would take a look to see if there are any other cameras you might use less, which you could move out now that you have those. Hmm. See, he's saying you, if you do, it's almost like, you know, you got to whatever, if you got to for everyone you acquire, you have to release another one into the bloodstream. Great idea. Good point. Anyway, <laughs> wonderful email. Thanks so much. Our dear friend, Alan Perez wrote regarding episode 51. He noticed, he said, saw episode 51 dropped. So excited, but I am in Salzburg. So Mozart or Gabe or Jeff, who will play second fiddle or second Leica? We did visit the Leica store in Munich. By the way, he said, it is a small world. One of our guides is from suburban Chicago, And someone we met at a restaurant was born in my hometown in New Jersey and lives in Asbury Park, starring place of Bruce Springsteen. If you want to use this in a future mailbag, please hold till May 23. And we return. Thanks, Alan Paris. I did that. I don't understand this email, Alan, (laughs) but it's May 25th when we're recording this. We do your bidding because we love you. That's right. Thanks for writing, Alan. There's another Alan coming up in a moment. Tom Northenskold had more Paris recommendations. I have a spinning rainbow pinwheel. On my computer, so I'm going to have to stall for a beat until they come up. Here it comes. Here it comes, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, here's what he said. Jeff and Gabe, there's so much I could write on from episode 51, but Paris trumps all. My wife and I have been to Paris many times. Since I retired, we've taken to renting an apartment in Paris for an extended stay every year. We're going again this fall. He says, my advice for Paris is simply get out and walk with camera in hand. There are photos around every corner, down every street. Forget the cliches. With the flow, he attached a link of his film photos he made in Paris in 2019. Gorgeous stuff, Tom. He said, You could do the same with your new X Pan and your older, dodgier one. He said he had his Nikon F3 loaded with Portra 400 and an Olympus OM2 SP loaded with Tri X. He used zone focusing, something that will never work for me, and simply raised the camera to his eye and fired away. As an aside you'll notice I witnessed as an aside you'll notice I witnessed the Notre Dame fire. I don't think I will ever again photo- photograph anything as historic as that. Tom, I took your advice. I walked around with the X-Pan, and you're absolutely right. It's one of the most photogenic cities I've ever seen and I got many beautiful shots which have been finding their way to my Instagram. So thank you for that. We have time for a couple of more gabe, don't you think? I love it, of course. Our dear friend Bear Brown Instead, I think it would be interesting for there to be a camera bag crossover episode with Gabe, Graham, and Christian where they discuss camera bags. Yup, this is definitely a sensitive but necessary subject to discuss. Listen, I use a camera bag now. I am no longer averse to doing this. Gabe, I think you need to set this up. Yes, I agree. Okay. We're going to do it. All right. Coming soon, camera bags. Yep, Alan Perez wrote again and said Mozart won out. He listened to the episode, oh wait, what? He said, I did listen while rolling through the Austrian countryside on the train. He said, before boarding, he stopped at the news kiosk slash bookstore at the station. There were 10 or 12 photography magazines available, including LFI. The Germans appear to be still readers as there were hundreds of magazines and newspapers available. He said, have a great time in Paris. He said, if you find yourself in the Marais, the old Jewish quarter, stop at mise to eat. I did not do that, but I was in that quarter. And thanks for the tip, Alan. You know who else wrote in? Who? I actually heard this man's voice on the Camerosity podcast, so I now know what he sounds like. The man, the myth, the legend. Brian McDonald! Oh, boy. (laughs) He said, Way to go dressing up greed as precaution. Tessa has been working three jobs to save money for that X-pan, and you will just sit on it in a Parisian cafe while you shoot with the other one. (laughs) Gabe, he said, Welcome to the Chinon Auto 3001 Club. Its metering and focus are flawless, as is the lens. The flash, when needed, is always appropriate and never too much. It's a keeper. His own recent acquisitions are the Pentax MX and Canon FTB, a week apart, both in black. Wow. He's very happy with That's both. That's my favorite. Have you been shooting that Chinon?
1: Of course I have not. All right. Of course okay. I have not. But I'm, I'm going right. to. There's a, There's sadly a bit of a line, but it's going
0: to happen. Okay. All right. I'm going to read two more. We may catch up with the back half of the mailbag in our next episode. Lachlan Fish, a name I love. Lachlan Fish with a Y, -Y F-Y-S-H, from Melbourne, Australia, said, I was running while listening to episode 51, and despite the fact I found myself traveling up a hill at the exact moment Gabe declared resolutely, you're getting another (laughs) X-pan, I still found the oxygen to audibly say, We don't curse on this podcast but effing legend referring to jeff (laughs) i apologize for the crude australian parlance but it felt appropriate we all live vicariously through your gas there was clearly no answer besides a second battery cheers lachlan i gotta say i got a lot of support and validation for listeners who did not judge me for acquiring the second x-pan nor did my friend gabe i appreciate that (laughs) you guys are kind okay this is the final email we still have a few more emails which we'll catch up on in the next episode but i want to read this one because this is a new listener who said some nice stuff Uh and we don't ordinarily read praise but the way in which this gentleman calibrated his praise met with my approval here it is this is from mike mitchelson he said you call this a photography podcast here's what he said (laughs) although i am a very recent listener i have taken note that you hosts do not respond well to compliments. Fear not, I have insults. Fantastic. This is great. I love it. What kind of photography podcast is this? There is so much energy and good cheer on display. I can hardly process whatever <laughs> meaningful content you might spew forth. Where are the joyless, Navel-gazing, artistic discovery monologues, and cringy TMI interviews worthy of creative writing circles. (laughs) Uh, Full disclosure, I have an MFA in creative writing. So good. (laughs) What about the lengthy forensic discussions that conjure images of monkeys picking lice off each other pertaining to wildly overpriced film emulsions? Your unagonizing posture has forced me to listen to a few earlier episodes, and not once Have I heard you two developing film in what sounds like a bunker? (laughs) So good. And while agitating your Patterson tanks, talk about the planet's environmental degradation and then unironically dump hazardous chemicals down the drain. Not once. Full disclosure, I am a Canadian and we like nature, except when it covers oil reserves. Is this the greatest So good. How do you expect to succeed beyond episode fifty-four? Prattling on about gear like a couple classic car jockeys. Full disclosure: I am restoring a nineteen fifty-one Ford Custom. So funny. The podcast strongly suggests that one can simply buy a functional point-and-shoot camera and have fun with it immediately, even when less, even with less than perfect images. What? Crazy. However, he says before your show's imminent collapse, your suggestion to have a Graflex slap large format episode could allow you to milk it a while longer i shoot regularly with a pace maker speed graphic i never heard of that and more recently a graphlex series b rb 2x3 my goodness do you know that camera Mm mm-hmm Great fun, and aside from occasional operator error, great results. Full disclosure, my Instagram efforts offer little evidence of this experience because I suck at Instagram. Gabe, have a blast with the Super D. Finally, good riddance. I am finished with you. Full disclosure, until your next episode. Mike <laughs> Mitchelson. His Instagram is Darkroom Detritus. That's awesome. Mike, that's the kind of praise we can stomach. We love it. An amazing email. Thank you for writing in, Mike. We have about eight or nine more emails, which we will cover in the next episode. But until then, that will close our project <laughs> Mailbag. Gabe, how do people contact us on the smash hit podcast? The money machine that is this show. How do they contact us?
1: They can write us at idreamacameras at gmail.com. We also have our lovely website, which is idreamofcameras.com, which you can find some information. And what's our favorite thing? Merch. All kinds of beautiful stuff on there. You can check that out. And then, Jeff, what is your
0: Instagram? Okay, well, you can find Gabe Sachs on Instagram as Gabe Sachs. You can find me on Instagram as S. Jeff Greenstein because Jeff Greenstein is a tax fraud felon. I'm going to just say one thing very, very briefly. I'm not going to get into recent events about this. Yes. I will just say (laughs) recent events have blown the tax fraud felon off the front page of Google search. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. That's all I'm going to say. You just so have very to know good.
1: that, uh, That uh, yeah, Jeff Greenstein, yes. you can find much easier now is what I'll say. Exactly. Yes. Gabe,
0: walk us out of here. Okay. Oh, wait. wait. Who else do we couple, have to thank? We have to, have to thank, of
1: course, the amazing Keith Greenstein for his incredible Correct. artwork. And, design and advice and amazingness and you can see all his merch and stuff on our website fred Corey for our beautiful music intro and sound bites and continued little stings and things like that uh also want to thank dave tata for coming out that was so much fun chris chu rafael hernandez you know just a lot of fun and uh that's our thank yous that's what i have to say but i will say this i really this is to you jeff greenstein okay this is what i feel i feel we need to have a summit meeting Ooh. and i have to figure out when because you're in another state but when yes. we're in one place i feel like we have to have a summit meeting and discuss the i dream of cameras camera con event i yeah i, I really feel like that it, we are so, we complain about it all the time, but we have to do something about it. We have to get these camera vendors together. We have to get, put the word out to
0: everyone. We need to do our own camera. Yeah, I, I agree. Be the change you want to see in the world. Is that the uh, Yeah, that sounds right. Something like that. We're going to be the change. Yeah, that's what we're going to do.
1: <laughs> all right, gang, we will that's see a wonderful you thought. next episode.